Hi, and welcome to Journeys to Belonging podcast with host Dr. Eileen Winokur, featuring awesome educators and leaders who share their journeys, advice, and personal stories about feeling a sense of belonging. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Belonging. On today's show, I am so pleased to share the work of Krista Kamsal, an experienced educator who, in her own words, educated learners to uncover their own innate wisdom, well-being, and resilience. Uh, She and I recently met during a summit by 100.org, where her global program, My Guide Inside, made it to the second of three levels of the 100 LEGO SEL Innovation Spotlight. And I'm so excited to welcome you, Krista. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to having my listeners learn all about my guide inside and all the work that you've been doing. So welcome. Thank you. I'm so pleased. Um, I've been counting down till we met again. It was so fun being on that summit with you some time ago. It was a bit, um, you know how it is when we're in a global community. It was very mm-hmm. early for me, but I managed to um, get up early and, and join most of the seminars. And then, of course, we met and that was wonderful. And we've interacted a bit since then. Um, right. Yeah, I, I I'm so pleased about your book, and I was able to get it through Kindle in Amazon Canada and really enjoyed reading that. So I think we have a lot, a lot in common and a lot to share. So you wanted to know a little bit about um, my bio or my background. So yeah, um, because I didn't really tell our listeners much about you, except sort of how we met. And I highlighted a couple of recent things, but there's so much more to your story. So yes, please share about what you've been doing and, and what you're doing now. My uh, initial um, defining moment goes way back when I was a university student at the University of British Columbia. And it's a fine university, world-class. And I found that um, I was in um, the education program to become a teacher. And I took some time off and went to Europe and studied there and did some fun things because I was finding that although I had uh, the charisma of a 20-year-old young woman and although I had the excellent skill set provided by the university, I still was not able to connect with those learners who were shut down or acting out and being belligerent or aggressive or just totally shut down with their head on their desk. So I thought it it must be me, it must be my issue and perhaps I'm not cut out for this work. So I took some time off to reflect and just see um, and maybe explore another career option. As I was giving education one last chance, I'll call it, (laughs) my friend at the time, uh, he's now my husband of many, many years, um, my friend at the time came especially over to Vancouver, mm-hmm. because he'd been to a public talk of a man named uh, Sidney Banks. And what my husband, Bob Campbell heard was <clears throat> that happiness comes from within and thought creates reality. Well, the happiness 
coming from within part. I'm like, I like the sound of that. I was Mm -hmm. always an optimistic young woman, Uh but the thought creates reality. I really argued with that one. I'm like, (laughs) no way. It's circumstance Mm -hmm. that creates my reality. And Mm -hmm. um, fortunately for me, I had pretty good circumstance, Uh but I believed it was the outside in but there was so something about the feeling. Yes, it was so interesting. It was new. It, the, the feeling Bob shared was um, really quite newfound. And I was really intrigued by that. It was kind of both calm and enthusiastic, if I can say at the same time, he was just so assured about this as mm-hmm. he'd had an insight for whatever reason, uh, 21 years old, still developing my philosophy, academic student, mm-hmm. I did take this um, statement of thought creates reality. And I began to just explore wow. in, my, in my own life. And I'm, and I'm realizing, actually, it's true. It, uh... Logic there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That logic mm-hmm. of what I am thinking in the moment right. is actually creating my experience of life Mm -hmm. in the moment and so it was just a really special time for me and I found that a lot of the unnecessary thinking just naturally fell away because now I wasn't over analyzing over judging and um, worrying or ruminating Mm -hmm. about the past all this when I went in to do my practicum with the students all that just kind of fell away and as a result you're present. Mm-hmm. And guess what happens, of course, when you're present, you connect. Yes. And when you connect, the, the learners and the teacher have that connection mm-hmm. and success is met. So yeah. it was really profound mm-hmm. and actually very, very simple. Yeah. Now, uh, obviously, I did finish my degree and was very, very happy to become a, a teacher and um you know, I said, Bob's my husband, we got married way back when, had a family, uh, two, two wonderful boys. And then about mid-career, I determined that, um, well, it was, <laughs> to be honest, Eileen, it was pr- for practical reasons. Okay, that happens. <laughs> uh, yes, I was inspired by the practical reason of um, I'm living on an island and um to be uh, to have job security, you really needed a specialty. And okay. so I determined because I was able to connect with those learners who were mm-hmm. struggling, I determined I would go into special education. Oh, and I did that diploma at the University of British Columbia you know, really rich, really amazing to, to learn so much about Mm -hmm. the needs of such a variety of learners. Right. And then um, added to that, the masters of arts in leadership and training. So did those two upgrades. So all this time, I'm using these three principles as articulated by a speaker and author, Sydney Banks, the principles of mind, universal intelligence, wisdom, consciousness, the awareness we have right. of, of life and thought. Thought is really the big one for me in that okay. that was new, Eileen, that we have the, that the power of thought mm-hmm. creates our reality in the moment. And that was new knowledge. 
Well, it's definitely me. new for me. Isn't <laughs> that so, yes, it is. Yeah. Yes. And I was and telling you before we started recording that I, I, I watched some of the videos where he, he talks. He's now, um, I think he passed away in 2009, but um, uh, some videos of talks that he used to do. And it's yes. so fascinating. So yes, continue. Yeah, because I think it will be really fascinating for our, for our listeners too. So over the years, I worked um, all levels, kindergarten mm -hmm. through grade 12. So ages four or five to ages 19, 18 or 19, here in the Canadian public school system, sometimes alternate schools, sometimes just the the regular school classroom. Sometimes mm -hmm. I was a classroom teacher. Sometimes I was a high school teacher mm -hmm. teaching English. And, and the last 12 years, I was um, the head of the special ed department at our local high school. Yes. What I found, like that way back in the day, we had no, no materials. Sid mm -hmm. had not written books yet. Um, now he has six books. One of them is actually for children. Mm -hmm. We had we had the in our own insights and the understanding that uh, thought has something to do with it, and that we have access to this universal intelligence with which people call wisdom or intuition mm -hmm. or call it what you may. Right. And I found that it had such a tremendous impact, not only when we were raising our mm -hmm. children to help them see how life actually works right. so they don't get hung up on disappointments or desires or, or mm -hmm. greed or things like that. Right. And not to say we don't have bumps. Mm -hmm. Life, of course, is, is full of bumps and sure. um, contact, but to understand how to get past and how to get back to a sense of peace of mind and happiness. Yes. Yeah. And I found, Eileen, that these um, principles, no matter what I was doing, there's a way to integrate. Of course, any novel you choose on earth, you sure. can bring it back to the principles and mm -hmm. show how the characters are, mm -hmm. are operating. Right. Uh, when I was teaching math, of course, it's incredibly powerful mm -hmm. to help the learners understand what their thinking is doing to their math ability and helping them to feel secure so that their learning can proceed. Right, yeah. Sometimes in, in our jurisdiction, there was, um, actually there's always been a place and it, that slice gets bigger now, but there's mm -hmm. always been a slice where we're looking at mental health and mental well-being, where we could directly teach the children and the teenagers about these principles for their own benefit right. to show them what really touched me <clears throat> um, was my, my early work with, um, we created a uh, curriculum in 1990, myself and a young man from Florida, we collaborated and created mm -hmm. something. And we piloted it, he piloted it there and I did here. And we found that the kids who were um, at, at risk, quote unquote, who mm -hmm. were struggling in school, out of school, they had the belief at the time that they were broken. They used to think of themselves as, quote unquote, damaged goods. Sure. And through these stories, based on the principles, mm 
-hmm. stories of other people, obviously, the logic of it, the penny drops. And how powerful is that when they realize, me too, I'm Mm -hmm. deserving of human dignity. Mm -hmm. I'm actually not damaged. There's a part of me that is not broken. I'm deserving of a successful, happy life, just like anyone else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And I'm I'm sitting here thinking normally, my first question is when I say the word belonging or feeling a sense of belonging, well, you know, what, what's the first thing that came, comes to mind? And you've said so much of it already. We talked about the whole idea of self-belonging, which is self-efficacy and, and that sense of safety and, and seeing yourself in stories and all of that. You brought that all together here. And the work that you're doing is definitely directly related to it, which is why we sort of have this, this um, understanding and why we came together right away when we were at the summit. But I would love for you to answer that question anyway, um, in terms of, of what you've been talking about or in terms of, of your own perception of belonging. It's such a beautiful and powerful word, which was why I was really drawn to your your book and um, yeah, got it you. and read it. Just loved it, loved it. And I, I as a teacher, <clears throat> I see that when there's not belonging, working with special needs children and youth, we know that. Uh, the parents of these children, if they got invited for a play date or invited to go to Mm -hmm. see a sports event or whatever, that is the greatest gift on earth for a parent of a child with special needs, that their child in some way belongs, Mm -hmm. right? Because the isolation is so vast. Mm -hmm. When, When I worked in special education here, I'm so happy to say we integrated every student into a mainstream classroom. Of course, I would, as the special ed teacher, Mm -hmm. I would provide modified materials Mm -hmm. as necessary. But having these children with special needs belong Mm -hmm. with a group of their peers is so powerful. Of course, the opposite of that is to be isolated. Mm And when one is isolated, depending on how extreme that is, that leads to very, you know, serious issues, serious problems. So belonging to a group, if um, so powerful, so important, just to feel like you're part of something. But also um, the other part of it, I think, Eileen, is let's say there's someone... um, who already is part of the mainstream classroom and they, they do belong there, but they still feel isolated. Knowing you belong to something that's bigger mm-hmm. than yourself is very much give, affords you that peace of mind. So teaching kids and teens about these principles that they're part of something greater. We all know we just walk out the door and look at the beautiful sky Mm -hmm. or whatever vista is in front of us. And we can see there's an intelligence beyond our brain. Nobody's brain is making mother nature do these amazing things. And with this comes a feeling Mm -hmm. and the feeling is of awareness 
and I've, I belong to something greater than mm -hmm. myself. And yeah. that feeling is very much um, yeah. part of being healthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the well-being. It's the sense of safety. And this is a perfect segue into my next question, which is, how did all of that become my guide inside? How did that get started? What was your journey? And tell our listeners about what my guide inside is. And um, because that it's, it's amazing and, and so central to um, self-awareness, but also to this idea of belonging. Thank you. Um, when I turned uh, 60 some time ago, I, I realized um, it might be time to let someone else have my amazing job. <clears throat> but I was invited to speak at an international conference mm -hmm. in um, <clears throat> Minnesota, and okay. um, and I, I went, and I was part of the plenary, and um, it was really wonderful. And then I also did a, a breakout room workshop mm -hmm. on um, working with children and youth. And uh, my husband and I both went, and we just yeah. loved being with all these folks who from various mm -hmm. careers mm -hmm. interested in the three principles and sharing all the good work that was happening around the world of course pre-covid when we used to actually get together yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but um i came home from that and i realized that it really was time for mm -hmm. me to um start to share with the global community i had so many amazing uh -huh. Experiences mm -hmm. on the ground and and in the classroom and in the right. schools that I really felt it was time to share. Mm -hmm. So I did retire from my wonderful job, and and then I started to look around on the internet. What are people affiliated mm -hmm. uh, with the three principles? It's a loose affiliation, but mm -hmm. what what are people up to? Mm -hmm. And I had met Kathy Marshall Emerson at one of these three principles conferences. I'd met her several times. So we, we knew we had education in common. Mm -hmm. All this time, I'm using the principles in classrooms and with you know, my school community. Okay. Kathy was, um, is the founding director of National Resilience Resource Center based out of, um, it was based out of the University of Minnesota, if that's mm -hmm. what it's called. Yes. Um, yes, and then she took it over and now okay. she, she's the founding director and she runs it. Oh, she still okay. teaches a beautiful mm -hmm. course there. Okay. But all these years she had been receiving federal US grants to work mm -hmm. with teachers and to teach them about the three principles for their benefit personally and professionally. Okay. And um, over 20 years, they've been doing this amazing work. Yes. And we've, I've never heard of it. I'm sure a lot of educators have never heard of it. So I'm so excited to be able to share this. So yeah, go ahead, continue. Um, so all the time, the teachers were like, Where's the curriculum? If we oh, had a yes. on Monday, we're so inspired, we would use this. So, so um, as I'm retiring, she's putting up this call on her website for global uh -huh. curriculum. Oh. And I, I saw that and I talked with my husband and my, my little inner circle here because we know it's about the feeling. Yes. And 
you know, it's not based on words on a page. It's about the right. feeling care and communicate. So we right. debated the pros and cons, should we mm. or should not? And then in the end, <clears throat> I determined it, it was indeed worth it to create a curriculum for teachers to use in a variety of ways. So I got a hold of Kathy and I said, I'm in, I'm ready to do this. It was my third curriculum because I did one with the young man in Florida when right. I did my degree mid right. uh, 2000s, I did another curriculum for my thesis. And then, oh, um, and then now we've created my guidance side. One of the co-authors is also um, American. She lived in Hawaii for many years mm -hmm. and then Maryland. She now lives in Canada, but um, she lived in, in those. And she and I, of course, had the interest in common. So she's mm -hmm. written some, she's the co-author of the middle book. Okay. And um, so what did we base this on? We wanted it to be affordable, mm -hmm. knowing that our heart is with all educators and we all know public schools struggle for resources. Mm -hmm. We know that. Right. We wanted it to be affordable. We wanted it to be beautiful for the kids to really be um, find it attractive. We yeah. wanted it to be simple and based on the principles and really yeah. make sure we were teaching this simple knowledge. Mm -hmm. We wanted a, a teacher's manual for each level to show yeah. the rigor and the foundation that we're basing this on, mm -hmm. on, you know, we've got wonderful um, research in there in the teacher's manual to show resilience research, all the research that oh, John Patti has done and just mm -hmm. really connecting the dots mm -hmm. and showing that we're standing on very solid ground as we right. offer up. Mm -hmm. The other thing for Kathy was it must be K to 12. We must be able to have children throughout their entire school career have a taste mm -hmm. of this inside out knowledge for their own benefit. Yes. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And you must have read my mind because that's my next question. I watched yes. a video on your website and you speak about operating, quote unquote, operating from the inside out in yes. order to use our innate resilience. And I'd love for you to explain it uh, in more detail and probably make that connection to resilience in a better way than I did. But that's sort of my takeaway from it. So, so you just talked about the inside out and I know it has to do with the principles, but can you get into that a little bit more? Um. Yes, thank you for asking. So we're looking at resilience in, um, I'll call it a state of the art way. For whatever reason, Minneapolis became a real hub for resilience researchers. And Kathy was one of these people. And the state of the art is, well, it's actually based on also Emmy Werner's 40 year study on resilience mm -hmm. um, that showed uh, um, and other famous researchers right. in resilience showing that it's a natural quality. It's part of human development. And Kathy takes it beyond, you know, um, around here, people think, oh, it's the ability to bounce back. Mm -hmm. We see it as more than that. We see it as something that's innate 
and it's the ability to navigate life successfully. So whether you have trials and tribulations at the time or not, it's the ability to do it. You navigate your life successfully. And the ability to do that connects very much Mm -hmm. with this inside out understanding, which is the three principles, which is we are responsible for what we are thinking. No one is making me feel this way. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. You know, on a good day, I might be so nice. Oh, you make me so happy. And then the next day, if I'm mad at that person, (laughs) now you can make me mad. Yesterday, you made me happy. Today, you make me mad. Right. Teenagers to understand this is this is my life, my responsibility. Obviously, we respond and react. But if we know it's really about what I have in the moment, And that ability, this is a really important one, in my opinion, from my experience, the ability to look at what is the thought in the moment Mm -hmm. and to be able to let it go. It's not, I'm analyzing, I'm judging, I -hmm. feel rotten. I know I have the ability to just let it go. And when we do that, and we do it habitually, we become very secure mm-hmm. in the knowledge that when we let that go, what happens? We become filled with a beautiful feeling because that innate resilience is always available. It's just, it just is, it's who we are. And for us to let go of our intellectual thoughts mm-hmm. and connect with that, when I, like I tell the little children, 24-7, 365, it kind of became a little mantra for us. <laughs> and cute. I love knowing that uh-huh. this wisdom is available to serve us anytime. Any, wake up from a nightmare, wisdom can help. Um, someone's bothering me on the playground, wisdom can help. You know, oh, um, wow. so just understanding that this is ever present. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. gosh. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you had, yeah. And I think you mentioned that you had this uh, pilot that you did with the teacher in Florida, but also you had focus groups of students uh, report their experiences with the program. So you've sort of gone back and try to get some background from, or some um, sort of survey the students afterwards. Can you share what what the students and I think these were high school students their their insights into what they gained and I think you came up with some some themes that that you sort of saw throughout their discussions oh, if you could share some of that I think that would be really important because we say you know there's a lot of of fluff and flavor of the day that education uh, ends up, you know, saying, oh, we have to learn about this, or this is the next program that we need to do. So I think it's really important, first of all, the things that you've mentioned about being so research-based, and then also, well, what were the takeaways by the students uh, after going through the program? So that, that would be really interesting, I think, if you could share that. Um, absolutely. Um, the teenagers... We wrote the book, each one, each level took at least one year of a team of us. Goodwill, we just want to share with Mm -hmm. the world. And then I was, it's so interesting, life's so interesting to me. 
someone at the high school uh, in my department, my former department, decided mm -hmm. at the very last minute they were going to not take the job. And so um, they were really uh, strapped because, of course, it is a specialty. And right. so to their surprise, I said I would come back. Oh, wow. I came back to work for a year to help them out. It was mm -hmm. never my intention. In sure. fact, I didn't know my teaching certificate. I had to reapply to become certified. Oh, wow. But, um, I really felt I wanted to help mm -hmm. the community and right. so did. And, um, and then this afforded me the opportunity to teach um, with the- Oh, of course. Uh, yeah. And uh, it, what, what happened was that there were some teenagers that wanted, um, they wanted a peer counseling program. Okay. And, um, and then uh, they, the person leading that quest offered up my guide inside uh, as a choice and they chose that. So oh, here I am yeah. doing my job, but also I was able to pilot my own curriculum and give academic Amazing. credit. Amazing. Oh, it was, yes. it, it was so, so much fun. I absolutely mm -hmm. loved it, as you can imagine. Yes. And then at the end, um, Kathy did a focus group with them. Okay. And it's, it, she's calling it um, official research because she had never met them. We're doing this mm -hmm. over Zoom. Right. And um, she'd never met them. She had the questions. They just answered. Uh, they had took half an hour off their lunch and came and, and spoke with her and we recorded it. Right. What is really striking um, that they learned across the board is this awareness piece mm -hmm. and really having the awareness of what is going on in my own mind in the moment and understanding, not, not judging. I mean, if the cookies get burned, we're aggravated, right? If right. somebody doesn't do it the way we want, we might be annoyed, whatever, but not taking these things that used to drag them down put them in a foul mood for days or feel they were inadequate or judged or hate this person or that person. Mm -hmm. Now they're able to, as I say, let these thoughts go and find their peace of mind again. So, such a beautiful outcome of this was as a person finds their own personal mm -hmm. awareness and responsibility, take responsibility for what you're thinking in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, a, a natural social awareness appears, a natural social responsibility emerges. Oh, you wow. don't have to force them to go and help someone less fortunate. Not saying they won't, but you're not doing that for the reason mm -hmm. of, I want you to get some compassion here. Mm -hmm. The compassion that these students had for others and for themselves was really remarkable. And you can hear it in the um, interviews, how they would say, oh, I used to just write people off. I wouldn't even listen, but now I do. And I find that common ground. Oh, wow. So um, I think that awareness and responsibility of taking responsibility for their own thoughts. Yes. Accessing the wisdom and that beautiful feeling when they let go of a thought that's not serving them well. Yes. And then seeing themselves and others with compassion and a light heart. Some of these kids were so smart. Oh, bless them. They're so smart, but they were not happy. 
And some of them weren't even successful because their analytical thoughts mm -hmm. kept them away from the learning journey. And for these bright lights to see, oh, I can actually have fun and do super well. In fact, I'm doing better at school when I do take some time to have a light heart and enjoy it and have some fun. Right. So I say this, the awareness piece um, is, um, oh, here, I'm just going to read a tiny little. Sure. I, I have become very focused in a direction that has helped me mentally as well as physically. My health and mental wellness have improved a lot. Or I love when you teach this because every part of it happens in everyday life. Anyway, I really appreciated the class today. I left the class feeling like weight has been released off my shoulders. Or another teenager, I see through the eyes of people and become, I guess the word is compassionate. Wow. And then there's other comments from um, mm -hmm. preteens and from the, the little ones. And from the little ones, I love this one. I, I learned my guidance side solved all my problems. And my problem was I worried too much. <laughs> That's <laughs> terrific. We could all use that. That's just the littles, right. but adults, right? Yes. Oh, my gosh. That, that is so amazing. Yes, I, I know I, I watched... Uh, I watched the video and all of this will be included in the show notes, the links and, and everything, because I think it's really important for the listeners to have uh, a way to kind of, kind of look at, look at um, the things that you did. But uh, one of the, two of the students actually talked about how they were part of the rowing team uh, yes. of their high school. And one, one of the girls mentioned, uh, she was a senior that when she first started at the beginning of the year, she had all this trepidation and she was very fearful. And, and the more she took the course, the better things got and the more fun she began having and the better she did at the sport. And she said she was amazed at how her, uh, she didn't use the word attitude, but you could tell how the way she thought she would just, like you said, she would let it go and uh, it became more fun uh, rather yeah. than, than the, the fear and having to do really, really well. You were just there yeah. in the moment. Uh, just really fantastic. Yeah, I, I love the comments. Um, go ahead. It's not ready yet. Kathy is working on a report, mm -hmm. but we did something very brave, apparently. We got some of these kids, we couldn't find all of them because of the pandemic and so on, but um, right. we found some of them and Kathy did a three year focus group follow up. It's incredible. Oh, wow. It's not ready to be published. Kathy wants to write up the report and it will become part of our official research. You will be amazed. I was amazed at uh, how these youth once you know, you know, and you're able to help yourself navigate. And, and through the pandemic and everything, they were the, these leaders, these calm, understanding, compassionate leaders. And I'm, I'm going to be so excited when, it's, when we're ready to be able to publish uh, the three-year focus group follow-up. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I'm not surprised. 
but um, you know, we do have our doubts sometimes, you know, how much does it stay with them? Does it really have a, a long-term effect? And so that will be so powerful. I, I look forward to, to reading the results because uh, I could see how ex- I could see you, I could see how excited, but even for our listeners, they'll be able to tell how excited you are from the sound of your voice. So if you could just go into a little bit more detail about uh, is the course, I, I know you put together the curriculum with the idea in mind that it would be very basic because you didn't really want to dictate what teachers would do, but there needed to be some consistency and some understanding, as you mentioned, rigor to, to what was going on because you have people all over the world because how many countries is the My Guide Inside used now? Um, 24. Wow. So obviously with different language, and I, I believe it's translated into several languages yes. already, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. People approached me, um, Goodwill um, educators mm-hmm. approached me, could they translate? So we have multiple translations. Yes. Awesome. So that's, there's a certain amount of consistency and rigor that yes. needs to be involved. So is, is, the, is the curriculum more storytelling? Is it, um, you know, how does it look? Uh, there are different books for the different levels and yes. there's a teacher guide with, which each, with each level. So you just yes. uh, tell us a little bit more about that. And then how can teachers, if they're educators or administrators who are listening, how can they get involved with, with uh, finding out more about it or, or learning about it if they want to, uh, to find out more and do it? Uh, Thank you. Yes, as I mentioned, we have, we really want K to 12. So we have a primary, intermediate and secondary level. My thing, I'm a a reading specialist as well. My thing was to make it as useful as possible. I aligned it with um, language arts. I can't say English language arts now because we have so many languages. Aligning it with language arts, reading, writing, listening, speaking. It aligns with certain objectives. The activities there are all so the students can um, assess themselves and we can assess them for report card purposes. Um, There's a pattern of, there's a story, a teaching story, obviously, about the three principles. And with the secondary book, I'm happy to say these are absolutely 100% true stories based on my former students. Change the names a little bit uh-huh. and just uh, able to relate to these, um, these different topics. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a pattern of um, an introduction chapter. Then there are six stories, one per chapter. So we uh, listen to the story. We talk about big ideas We talk amongst each other. There's opportunities for writing, opportunities for art. For the older students, there's opportunities to go and and we did a PSA. We did a couple of PSAs, which appeared on the World Wide Web. Um, We did, uh, we do wonderful projects to uh, kind of spread the word, you know, art projects, posters, and so on. And um, and then at the end, the, the chapter eight is kind of a summary and, and a, an ability for them to really reflect on what is it we learned and to create a, like a personal metaphor type of thing. Right. So there's um, uh, vocabulary is there, the reading and writing opportunities are there. So 
English or, or language arts, number one. When I took it to my own Ministry of Education here in British Columbia, they're like, this is for career education. Absolutely. Here in British Columbia, we have a focus on careers throughout our entire schooling. Okay. So, um, you know, the ability to be a, um, a good team member and the ability to know yourself and to see others with uh, respect and so on. Oh, Obviously, right. it fits with, um, with that. It also fits with health, any, any slice of a health course that one might need to deliver. Or also, when the pandemic hit, um, the psychiatrist from the US, Dr. Bill Pettit, who wrote the foreword, got a hold of me and he said, you know, people are, because of the pandemic, are really using this in more of an individual setting. Oh, and I did design it because I, I have had alternative school experience. So it is designed so you can either do it um, self-directed, everything mm -hmm. is in the learner book, a kid can do it on their own, or it's been used a lot recently in more one-to-one -one coaching or counseling sessions. And the counselors love it because rather than coming in and what happened this week, uh, nothing, they have a story. Gotcha. And then they, they have something to talk about, something to focus on. Right. So, um, and then beyond that, the, um, the man in Brazil who translated, I'll just show you one. Um, he, he translated them into Portuguese. How beautiful oh, wow. that. And his idea he's a life coach and he just has a love for education. His uh -huh. idea was even if they don't use the curriculum, they will have this to, you know, for those teachable moments. Right. But with his first experience, the, te the, the teachers were so touched. The administration was so touched with the value of the knowledge. They mm -hmm. bought a, a, a book for, for every kid in the school. <laughs> Amazing. So, ah, we that's so gratifying. Yes. Yeah. Open, really want to be open. And it's the knowledge that if you have the feeling for it yourself and you see the right. child in front of you as whole and with mm -hmm. dignity, that helps that child see it in themselves. Or you have an entire course based on my guidance side. Right. We just really want to be in service. Yeah, I love the flexibility yeah. of it because you know a lot of times educators will say, well, I just don't have the time. I can't fit it in. I'm doing so much. The content is so dense already. So being able to be flexible uh, as you said, independently, or uh, even uh, even if parents wanted to sort of take it on, that would be something that that they could do fairly easily. So it's it's easy to to fit it wherever. And as you mentioned, in different subject areas. And the idea is to do it K to twelve because it isn't a one off kind of thing. It's something that you need to continue doing because. As I talk about in terms of finding yourself belonging and belonging in general, my guide inside is the same way. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. And it's something that we also need to be reminded of as we go through life and things come at us, right? 
Absolutely. So, yeah. So I, I love how much thought went into it to ensure that even though it's a curriculum, that it's so flexible, that it's, it's not your, what we would normally think of as curriculum, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, my it, goodness. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, just, um, you remind me that um, it is, uh, we, we, we're aiming for lifelong learning. I learned this yes. uh, like 45, 46 years ago. Can't do the math right now, but um, mm -hmm. close to 50 years ago, I learned this. It's an unfolding. Absolutely. At the beginning, I'm like, yeah, thought creates my reality. And then you come up against something. Well, this is the exception. And then you realize, oh, actually, it's not the exception. <laughs> it's still. Love it. Yes. <laughs> so it's, oh, it's as you say, it's a process. There's no end point in mind. The learning is endless. And we just enjoy the learning journey and are grateful when we see something new. You can't kind of like put it in your diary. I'm going to have an insight at 9 a.m. It just somehow just magically happens. Sometimes when we least expect it, we have an insight into the true nature of life. And so, yeah, I, I totally agree with you that it's, it's a process and it's lifelong. Yeah, absolutely. This has been amazing, Krista. I'm so excited to, to know all this and there's so much more to it. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about or anything, anything you wanted to share with our listeners that I, I didn't either ask you about or um, that you had in mind? Um, just really that it's, so, it's such simple knowledge. Mm -hmm. Anyone of any age can really clue into this and have a better life experience. I've worked with all ages and I've worked with all levels of intellect. It's not an intellectual understanding. If mm -hmm. someone has a compromised intellect, they can still get this. It's very, very simple. And you'll once, oh, another thing that teenagers started to see was once they clued into these simple principles was they'd come back to class the next day and they'd say, you know, I, I was in my social studies 11 class and I see the connection um, there, or wow. I, I see the connection in my culture class, or when I was doing my cooking class, I see the connection. So um, we just start to um, have a wonderful feeling for life's richness and, um, it's very, very simple is what I'd like to say and, and valuable. Yeah. And approachable, you know, it's yeah. sort of that user-friendly. Yes. Right. <laughs> you want it to be user-friendly and it's so important because there's so much on a teacher's plate and a student's plate yeah. that to feel yeah. like you're adding more is just, especially now during the pandemic is just so overwhelming. So to know that it's flexible, that it's approachable, uh, and, um, you know, and, and something that we all have in common at any level. That's wonderful. So I have a feeling that people are going to want to hop off and learn more about the course, of, about you, um, see some of the videos that we talked about. Again, I will include all of that in the show notes. But uh, can you just let people know where are the best places to find you? Yes, thank you at myguideinside.com. 
and we're um, almost ready to launch um, a little introduction, uh, almost like a training. And there'll be, um, I've recorded some um, introduction videos, and then I'll host uh, some live sharing sessions as well. And this is all thanks, I'm a retired teacher. So I'm just kind of doing this uh, out of goodwill and, and the goodwill begets goodwill, it seems. But there's some folks in the United States who have put some money into creating a really beautiful um, platform for us educators to share. It's all free. It's all free. We just um, want to share this knowledge and, and help help educators and children and youth um, in any way we can. Oh, terrific. Any idea what your ETA will be? When do you think it'll be ready? Um, it keeps getting pushed, right? Because we're it's quite yeah. it's quite sophisticated, fancy, mm -hmm. but uh, certainly early in, in the new year, which is only a few weeks away. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I don't want to put any pressure on you, but I will definitely... <laughs> I, I'm assuming that uh, when it goes live, it'll be on your website and that's probably yes. the best place there. And on, on social media, where's the best place for people to find you? Um, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And there's one more, LinkedIn. Okay, all right. And those and are all include. on the website, um, all those links. And, oh, and I love, love all that. As, as I was reading from your book that you do too. So we yes. have that in common as well. Yes, yeah, it's our link. And as we said, so what languages is it already translated into? Um, Portuguese, so in Brazil, mm -hmm. Spanish, French, the German is with the publisher, the Hebrew is, is waiting in line to be published, Wow. Swedish, Romanian, Italian, the um, Italian version is... Um, being done by a, a publisher there. I'm nice. probably forgetting some, but um, so it's very so international good. and very approachable. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I imagine oh. because, yeah, it's, it's so, it seems fairly um, easy to, yes. to go ahead and translate it that, you know, by contacting you, if there are any languages that are missing, uh, <laughs> they would get permission to do that also. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's a big project. <laughs> oh, of course. Translating anything uh, is always a big project. Yes. Yeah. But no, I, I'm just really touched by people approaching me um, because they want it in their language. And all we do, Eileen, is change the names of the characters to be more culturally appropriate. The stories right. really are universal. Universal. I love that. Krista, this has been simply amazing <laughs> this will be my end of year gift to all the educators who follow follow and listen to journeys to belonging so i'm really excited to share it with everyone so Thanks. good to i'm getting to see you again eventually yes. i'll share the video but um for all the listeners this this has been a really terrific uh, terrific experience for me and I'm, I'm so blessed that we we met each other at the summit Thank you so much. I really appreciate connecting with you and um, look forward to the next time as well. Thank you, Eileen. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're inspired by what you heard, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about belonging, check my website, 
journeys to belonging that's journeys number two belonging dot webstarts.com see you next week <music>